Welcome to the Strange Harbors Podcast, a weekly podcast discussion of all things film and television. My name is Jeff Sang, and tonight I'm joined by Amir Ture. And I am Derek Wong. This week, it's become part two of a, a two-part series, I guess we're doing, on Dan Harmon. If you guys remember a couple weeks ago, we did an episode on NBC's Community. And this week, we're actually going to tackle another one of Dan Harmon's episodes. We're going to be tackling uh, Cartoon Network's Rick and Morty. This is a series co-created by Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland. And Justin Roiland's also the voice actor for the titular characters of Rick and Morty. I think specifically we're going to be talking about the latest season, season four. But then we'll probably dive in a little bit about maybe some of our favorite episodes from the past couple seasons or some of our favorite moments of the past couple seasons. But overarching, I guess, conversation for this episode will be mainly focused on season four. What do you guys think of the season so far? Uh, it's pretty good. I mean, can you believe this show is like seven years old? Yeah, it's wild. Four seasons, seven years old, I know, because they've taken a couple hiatuses, right? 2013, it premiered. Wow, really? That's and crazy. it is now 2020. Um, it just yeah. doesn't seem like it's been that long, but I think that's just because of all the, like Derek said, the hiatuses that it, it's been taking and just how long it takes Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland to like pump out these episodes, you know? Mm-hmm. And this latest season's been pretty good. I mean, it's pretty par for the course on the quality of the show. I think it's uh, pulled back a little bit from the mean-spiritedness that used to embody the show a lot. And I think, which was also, we mentioned before, it was like the source of a lot of the toxic fandom, right? So, yeah. So I, I've been enjoying the season quite a lot. What about you guys? I think at first the season kind of felt weaker than... Uh some of the others, but I don't know, in retrospect and after having watched like the last couple, I'm, I'm thinking I actually quite like a lot of the episodes. Yeah. Do you guys have a favorite episode this season? I like the, which is the snake episode. Yeah, man. Rattlestar Galactica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That like one's those, excellent. Yeah. That, that's a pretty funny episode. I think that's for me the highlight. Um, I guess before we get, get into the actual talking about the episodes, maybe I should just give my impression real quick. Maybe I'm a little bit different than you guys. I'm not as high on this season, I think, as previous seasons. And it's not the fact that what Jeff mentioned about kind of the toxic fandom and then the demeaning nature sometimes of the character of Rick. For me, some of the episodes just haven't been as funny. Some of the episodes have just downright kind of been forgettable for me. I'm thinking about like the app episode wasn't one of my favorites. Uh, the, the one with the dragon wasn't one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought the dragon episode was kind of a dud, actually. I, I agree. I mean, I think uh, like any season of Rick and Morty, it has, definitely has its highs, has its really, you know, funny episodes, and we're talk, we'll talk about them. And, but overall, I don't know, maybe, maybe the shine of, of Rick and Morty has just kind of dulled a little for me. And for me, this season has not been as good as the previous three seasons. All right, like, here's the thing. I think the more Rick and Morty goes on, the more people confuse 
I want to say quality with like inventiveness. I understand that it takes a long time to come up with the concepts for these episodes and they are very fresh and exciting and it's like new ideas and and they're really like well done but I think there's like a blurred line between like being blinded by that inventiveness and like the actual quality of the show especially like the later seasons I think but that being said there are a couple episodes that I really liked I I actually really enjoyed the last two episodes that were just that just came back after the latest hiatus, right? Because mm-hmm. season four is split into two parts, right? Part one was last year that premiered in November, and then it just returned with part two uh, on May 3rd. I liked both the episodes that premiered in May, like the Story Train episode I, I really liked. Yeah, that was fun. The second episode, the, the Face Hugger episode, I wasn't super buzzed about, but... That 9-11 Pearl Harbor joke fucking killed me. <laughs> <laughs> that that wrecked me. Too soon. But no, this one isn't, though. This one's <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're, like, going on a rampage through, like, the alien city, and, like, there's, like, a, a pastiche of the Twin Towers, and they're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do this. <laughs> and so there's, like, another thing where it's, like, Pearl Harbor. It's like, okay, we'll do that one or whatever. It's, it's pretty, pretty hilarious. I, I really... That's like the dark humor that I really, really enjoy, you know? Yeah, but like, what do you guys think about like confusing like its inventiveness with the quality of the show? What, what do you guys think about that? I think like any show, the, the more you're exposed to it and the longer it goes, you know, some of those things just aren't, like you said, as inventive or as clever. Maybe that's what I'm feeling that this is just all over again. This is just Rick and Morty, right? And nothing's really stood out to me like some of the episodes in the past and we'll, we'll get into some of our favorite episodes and maybe why it for me it hasn't shined as much as um, some of the past episodes so jeff are you saying you think it's it's as good as ever it's just less inventive because the show is less new or no i'm saying that it's just as inventive as it's always been but maybe the quality of the the writing and like the storytelling isn't as strong as it was before ah, okay interesting it's almost like fun gimmicks and like clever storytelling rather than actual like quality writing almost i don't want to say it's it's that like too much but like i honestly don't know i'm a little conflicted right because like are we confusing its inventiveness with its quality you know right i see what you're trying to get at and i think that if I were to kind of gauge even my favorite episode of the season, right? The snake episode. If I were to gauge that episode compared to some of the the episodes from the past that I really, really loved. And, and I, I'm not saying that every episode before this was better than it. But I think the highs of the older episodes are still higher than this particular episode. Right. So I think it is still diminishing in a sense. I mean, I like the snake episode, but I, it's still nothing to cry home about, right? Compared to like the Rick Lantis episode or the the one where they're all stuck in the house, I can't remember the names, of the titles of the the episode. Yeah, I mean, like these later episodes just aren't as iconic as like the the episodes from the first two seasons. I want to say, like, you don't remember a lot of these individual episodes. Like, I even kind of struggle remembering the the snake episode or whatever. Right? I, yeah, I I remember it being really good, but like I struggle to remember like 
the jokes or like actual story of the episode. But like if you recall back to like season one and season two, instantly you recall like me seeks and destroy. Like that's yeah, yeah absolutely absolute classic. Like I remember everything about that episode. The episode at Blips and Chits where like he's playing like Roy the the VR. Is yeah, so <laughs> funny. It's hilarious. Yeah. But uh, sorry, the episode I'm talking about is like total recall, right? The yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. bunch of the, the the parasites that create memories, and it's, yeah, that's that episode's so so, good. so clever, so good, and the intergalactic cable. All those episodes are great yeah. too. My, one of my other favorite episodes is the Rick Lantis mix up, right? That's the one where instead of you know our our Rick and Morty just go to that uh, mermaid adventure but we we go to the we go to the citadel right and that's where yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the yeah, Morty becomes Rick's. president and yeah like yeah. there's that training day homage, uh, homage yeah. and so like I love that episode too but yeah I, I guess that's what I'm trying to get at is that I like you said there's nothing quite memorable yet you know we're not done with season four right we don't know uh, maybe there is like a, an ace in the hole that they have that they're going to have for, you know, episode eight or nine or whatever. I'm just saying that we haven't seen that yet for this season. Yeah, I agree. I think your feelings mirror mine. There's definitely a, a drop in quality between seasons one and two, then three. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's still great. I still love yeah. the show. Right? I still, but, I, I'm still, yeah. hooked. I'm still coming back watching these episodes. I think, I still think they're very funny. There's, there's still nothing quite like it on, on TV, you know? Yeah, no, it's still still super inventive. It still gets very meta. It's uh, like the visual design of the aliens is still very fun. It's yeah, it's still very good, but it's definitely I, I think I agree with Derek. And it, it has lost some of its luster. I'm not as eager to watch the episodes as I was in the past. I do want to say that I I love the I love the voice cast of this show, even though both mm-hmm. the, the title characters are, are are voiced by Justin Roiland, but like. I know Jerry's kind of taking a backseat, but I love Chris Parnell as Jerry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. Getting dumped on all the time. I, I actually love Spencer Grammer as Summer. I think Summer's a great character. I really like Summer. And I know Sarah Chalk is kind of taking... The, the parents have taken a backseat the last couple of seasons, but um, I really do like what Spencer Grammer does with the role of Summer. And uh, she's Kelsey Grammer's daughter, if you guys oh, know I did not know that. I did not know that. Kelsey Grammer's kind of a piece of shit, but it's okay, whatever. Wait, what? <laughs> I did not know that. Dude, he's a gigantic ass. Uh, well, he he left his, like, I don't know, it was, like, his third or fourth wife for, like, a flight attendant. He came back from, like, a trip, and then he was like, uh, by the way, I'm leaving you for this flight attendant, so uh, pack your <laughs> shit, you're done. And Holy he fuck. also had a gigantic feud with the dog on Frasier. Like, how petty can you be? Wait, what? He he had, like, a feud with the dog. He was like, uh, this dog is taking all the spotlight away from me. I'm like, he's he's an animal. You're a human. You're gonna, like, <laughs> you're gonna beef with this dog who never did anything to you? That's it's wild. Insane. He's a real piece of work, and, uh, he's also a Trump supporter, so we're not gonna mm. get into that. <laughs> That's insane. So, uh, Jeff, you mentioned that there's nothing else like this on TV. So, in preparation for this, knowing what we were doing this episode too, I actually took the time to also watch Justin Roiland's new show, Solar Opposites, on Hulu. Yeah. I, so, I watched the first episode. It was just okay. Yeah. It's, uh, like, not great, right? It's like not it's great. not. It's not. I don't know. Maybe it's the Dan Harmon of it all. Like, it, 
there's something missing about it, right? Here's what it is. Dan Harmon is a perfectionist, right? Mm-hmm. And he'll take as long as it takes to get an episode right, to like storyboard it, get the script right, and like really create something inventive and clever and, and things like that. And like he's obsessive over stuff like that. So I think where Rick and Morty, that's where all those hiatuses come in where... I don't want to say it's just Dan Harmon, because, like, I'm sure he and Justin Roiland work together really closely on the show, but, like, I think that him striving for perfection is what drives the long breaks between the seasons of Rick and Morty, right? And, mm-hmm. and like, Solar Opposites is just okay, I guess. I, I understand it's trying to distance itself from Rick and Morty, especially since it has, like, the same, like, art style and everything, but, like, it just can't quite get out of the shadow of Rick and Morty, right? Mm-hmm. Justin Roiland's still voicing characters, and, like, I still think, like, things are just a variation of, like, the voice he does for Rick, or, like, the voice he does for Morty, you know? And, like, it kind of shatters the illusion a little bit, and it's just not quite as funny, you know? So... And looking so similar, I don't think helps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why, yeah. Just invites further comparisons. Solar Opposites, if people don't know, it's about, like, an alien family that get stranded on earth and kind of like a fish out of water story you know a lot of the episodes pertain to like you know the the aliens learning something about human society yeah it's on hulu yeah it's on hulu it's most of that stuff isn't that great it isn't as funny but there is actually one thing on the show that i think is worth watching so the kids on the show have a shrink ray and they will just shrink people throughout the series and put them in this terrarium, right? In this wall that they've created of just all of these miniature people. Uh-huh. Like thousands of people they've, they've shrunk. And you kind of see snippets of their story throughout the season. And it finally culminates to having an, their own episode within the terrarium where it's like this post-apocalyptic world. Oh, interesting. I only watched one are, episode, so... Yeah, like you don't know that it's going to go there. and But it finally does. And like... That was actually worth watching. Oh, and I thought I that was an interesting episode. How many episodes are there? The show? It's only eight episodes. And I believe it's episode seven. You know, it's not the finale. It's like the one right before it. But like you get little snippets throughout the season. And then it, you get the full story in that one episode. And honestly, if you could find a way like to find just the little clips and then watch that episode, I think it's much better than actually watching any of the stuff with the alien family. <laughs> interesting. But sorry, that was that was a little bit tangent. This is kind of a side since I know that Justin oh, Roiland also created this new uh, animated series on Hulu. And it's weird. It You know, when you watch Rick and Morty on Cartoon Network, you know, you get all the bleeps, you get all the censorship. But when you watch Solar Opposites on Hulu, they they don't do any of that. They, they don't censor any of it. I don't watch uh, Rick and Morty with the bleeps. There's no bleeps when I watch it because I watch it on Adult Swim. Oh, really? They don't bleep it on Adult Swim? They don't bleep it when you stream it on, off the website. Oh. I'm sure if you're watching on TV when it's actually on air, it'll probably bleep the F word and stuff like that, but not on the Adult Swim website. So, Oh, that's interesting. Because I'm like used to like watching with the bleeps, and I, you know, I could fill in the blanks perfectly yeah, fine, yeah, and yeah. it's still really funny. I think it's also like Justin Rowling trying to mimic Rick and Morty, but also trying to get away with it. Some of the things they say on like Solar Opposites is like, really extreme compared to some of the things they say and do on rick and morty there's like a a portion of a part in solar opposites where like two like characters like animated characters have sex and you like see their silhouettes and you see like the woman's breasts like jiggling up and down it's like 
Whoa. <laughs> like, I would never see this on Rick and Morty, right? Like, they, you know, as much as they're yeah, kind of yeah, crude, yeah. you wouldn't see something like that. So it, it kind of, like, was a little too much for me also. Sorry. So now let's get back to Rick and Morty. <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit more about the toxicness of it. I tried my best to actually stay away from that stuff and i honestly i don't really know the full story so i don't know if you guys want to get into a little bit about it and and talk about it and kind of explain it yeah i mean i think the toxicity of like the rick and morty fandom i mean we talked about this a little during the community episode and amir you brought up the fact that you know like the fandom of rick and morty base it skews more male and it skews younger and that's part of the problem right and then like it's also a very cynical show and it's pretty blatant and it's like mean-spiritedness and and again you have like this protagonist character in rick where he's one of those like difficult men where he's like super damaged and you're not really supposed to root for him but he's so good at what he does that a lot of fans like want to root for him and and defend him and all like all the actions that he takes on the show, no matter, like, how despicable, right? And, like, I think a lot of this came to a head, as ridiculous as this sounds, with their stupid fucking McDonald's cross-promotion. Do you guys remember that? The Szechuan sauce. The Szechuan sauce. They did, like, a cross-promotion where, I don't know, Rick said something about Szechuan sauce, and then, like... Yeah, it's the... Okay, so it was a season three premiere. There's a portion of the episode where he... He basically says, like, that's the arc of the show, right? That's our arcs as characters. We, we need to get this Szechuan sauce that I haven't been able to eat for, like, eight years or whatever it is. Right. Basically, McDonald's kind of took that and ran with it and was saying, like, well, you know, I think this is a good opportunity for cross-promotion. And they basically released a very limited, very limited supply of this Szechuan sauce that they had back in 1998 for Mulan. And... uh I remember that time. I remember, like, I, I went to one of the McDonald's to try to get it. And it was just, like, the line was, like, four blocks, five blocks long. And I'm, like, I'm gone. I am i don't need this. Yeah. I don't need to deal with this. I wanted to see, wh- like, if it was going to be that crazy. And it was. And I was just, like, all right. I'm going to go home now. Yeah, Do you remember then... the sauce? Like, is this a thing that even means anything to you? I remember it because I remember Mulan, and I rem- I do remember they the McDonald's releasing a, a Szechuan sauce during that time, but mm. I don't remember loving it. I don't remember being so crazed about it. Wait, that, the original one, the OG was from Mulan? Yeah, they created it for that movie. So, like, it was like, you know, McDonald's had the toys, and then they created a special uh, chicken nugget sauce mm. during that time. Seems vaguely racist to me. Because <laughs> you know that shit's not real. It's not, this, the Szechuan sauce is not a real Chinese sauce. Get the fuck out of here. Okay. All right. I, I had no idea it was like a Mulan promotion. Yeah. But yeah, so when McDonald's ran out of the Szechuan sauce for the Rick and Morty promotion, people fucking flipped out. People were like flipping cars over, sending death threats to McDonald's and like all this ridiculous shit. And like, I think that's when I realized the extent of how toxic this fandom was right it was just like i was like this is unreal i can't believe that people are like flipping out over this limited supply szechuan sauce 
I don't know. What are you What are you doing? You're getting it and like flipping it on eBay or something. I don't know what people were doing, but like they they were. I mean, this very yeah, limited sure. run. Uh, I remember like I saw a sauce packet for like a thousand dollars. I'm like, really? No, like this is ridiculous. I mean, McDonald's eventually wised up, right? And they did release another more expanded batch of the sauce, and I was actually able to get it. You know, I went to McDonald's, I got some of it, I tried it. And again, I just like I remember, it's not that great. <laughs> T- take it as it is. But yeah, I mean, that was, yeah. If you're talking about the height of Rick and Morty, that might have been it, right? That Szechuan sauce, right? But it also has other things that, other moments in the show that have really broken the cultural barrier. I mean, I'm thinking like Pickle Rick. Why did that blow up? Like I don't I... know don't quite get it yeah i, I mean i like that episodes i like that episode just fine but it's like okay yeah i think it's just like the meme readiness of it i don't know if you guys know but like the female writers on the show they got like death threats and stuff because it was like the gamergate people who sent like death threats to the women writers on the show who were not on the show for Wait, like the what? first couple of seasons. Yeah, they got doxxed. Why? Because the fans thought like the decline in quality of the show was because they hired women as writers on the show. Jesus Christ. I know. So like, toxic fandom is a real problem. I feel like it's creeping into like every single mm-hmm. like property that we have. We have like toxic Star Wars fans, toxic yep. Rick and Morty fans. I mean, you got the you got the Marvel versus DC. Right? Yeah. See, yeah. when I, I thought it was like Szechuan sauce. I was like, all right, like whatever. But like that doxing, like the writers of the show is pretty. Yeah, it's fucked up. We can move on to some more uh, positive things about the show. Let's get into, I mean, do you guys want to talk a little bit more about some of your favorite episodes or some of your favorite moments? Yeah, we love the show. We're not we love the show. On it. Yeah, yeah. We definitely want to talk positively still about the show. You know, what are some of your guys' favorite moments, your favorite episodes? The Meeseeks and Destroy is a favorite. Love that so one. good. I love that episode. That's um, got, that's probably my number one episode, I think. Yeah, I, that's definitely one of my favorites, too. For me, it's, I like I already said, Total Recall is absolutely my favorite episode. Because that's the, the introduction of Mr. Poopy Butthole, which... <laughs> love a little bottle episode, too. <laughs> yeah, a little bottle episode. We got the great, great bit right at the end with Mr. Meeseeks getting shot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's an amazing episode. Just the, the scope of the Rick Lantis mix-up episode is great because if you if you think about it, you know, Justin Roiland voices both Rick and Morty, and the only voices you hear in that episode are Rick and Morty. So he basically is talking to himself the whole episode. That's it's wild. just him. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. just to think about it is really kind of crazy, and hats off to Justin Roiland for that one. It's really impressive. Another episode I love, also season one, Lawnmower Dog. Yes. So good. Um, this is where uh, the family dog it gains like sentience and like it's got like a mech suit and it's like talking in like a robotic voice and shit. It's so funny. It's like, where are my testicles, Summer? Where are my <laughs> testicles? <laughs> they were removed. Where have they gone? Snuffles <laughs> is my slave name. <laughs> yeah. You should call me Snowball because my fur is pretty and white. <laughs> so funny. That was a great episode. Excellent. I really love Morty's Mind Blowers episode. Yeah, Morty's Mind Blowers is fantastic. Oh, is it the memories one? It's the yeah, one it's where the yeah, he, he like basically where, has all yeah. these yeah, he stores Morty's memories in these like capsules, right? So he doesn't always have to remember them. Yeah. But they're yeah. usually like 
mind blowers, right? Some of them where Morty dies or where Rick makes a mistake or, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, yeah. it's a really yeah, brave, yeah. So Those are great, funny. great clip, a clip show. Yeah. There's nice some story. good. Yeah. Yeah. It's the paradigms of human memory of uh, Rick and Morty, right? Basically. Yeah. 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 I love what episode. I can't remember exactly which episode it was. The, the episode where the, the ship has to protect summer. Yeah, oh yeah. That one was great. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Just the things that that shit does is, is just that? hilarious. Oh, I can't, I can't remember that's, the title. That's the battery episode. Yes, yes, it's the one where they go in the battery, like they go into the battery, then they go into the battery's battery, and then they go into the battery's. Ba- it's like um, basically like Inception, but then yeah, Summer's yeah. left on the outside, being protected by the ship. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the Ricks must be crazy. Okay, and I, that's one of the episodes where the. Because, you know, a lot of Rick and Morty is like Rick having an adventure with somebody. And then there's also like a side story, right? And I think it's one of the episodes where both the main adventure and the side story are both really great. Well, the side story is so good. We like initially called the episode based on yeah. the side story, right? Like, yeah, that's yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's an excellent one. It's an all-timer. Yeah, there's some like really dark episodes too, like Rick Potion number nine, where they like Cronenberg the entire world. <laughs> And then they like irreversibly destroy the world, so they have to like find an alternate reality where they get mm-hmm. killed, and like Morty has to bury himself. It's like so dark, and then that pays off later when they like yeah, just exactly. like show Summer like you know I'm not really your brother, you know your brother's buried yeah. in the back. It's just like ugh. yeah, there's there's some pretty heavy stuff and really dark stuff in this show. Yeah, yeah, I think about like. <laughs> The episode where he becomes like Tiny Rick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Big Trouble in Little Sanchez. Isn't that the episode where Morty meets Bird Person? And then Bird Person explains like what he's actually saying, right? When he says, Wubba Lubba Dub Dub is like, I, uh, you know, I need help. I'm like, I hurt inside. Isn't something that like that. Oh, something yeah. like that, right? So it's like, geez, this phrase that I think, you know, is, is equated to, to Rick that we just find funny and, and nonsense is actually this you know, cry out of pain and, and suffering. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of high concepts, a lot of just like, you know, hidden meanings in the show that I think Dan Harmon is is very meticulous about and very good at kind of layering his shows. I mean, we talked about it with Community and we definitely could say the same thing about Rick and Morty. Yeah, for sure. Is this one of the best, if not the best animated series of all time for you guys? Yeah, I, I would say that it's up there. It's up there for sure. Yeah, I don't think either of you guys have watched it, but uh, the Venture Brothers is up there too. I watched the Venture Brothers. I, I really do like the Venture Brothers. Yeah, Venture Brothers is up there too. It's got a similar like pr- similar perfectionist creators, uh, hiatuses between seasons, high concept episodes, random humor. It's, it's, is that still going on, or is it done? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's still going on, right? It's yeah. still going on, and I think. Um... Wasn't it something like he signed a 70-episode deal? He signed for multiple seasons. I think yeah. after the last hiatus and, like, all the drama between, like, the network and Dan Harmon about, like, the schedule and stuff, Dan Harmon was just like, you know what, just renew us for a bunch of seasons and then pump Don't it out when we can. Yeah, exactly. Right. So Okay. Well, <clears throat> I guess if we have nothing else to say, I mean, other than I think that we we definitely all love this show. We definitely think it's hilarious. My opinion, one of the best animated series I've ever seen, and honestly, it's definitely worth your time and worth the watch. Just you know, don't buy into the whole toxic nature of it all. I think um, you know Rick isn't a, technically a character we're supposed to be rooting for. 
but at the same time, I think. Okay, I don't know. I'm going to push back on that a little. Okay, so we're going to unend the episode here. Like, let's. Okay, let's let's get into this because I I don't think he's a character you should be rooting for. I mean, you can root for him. I I understand that you can root for him. He's not like Walter White or Tony Soprano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like a comedic show, right? So like. There isn't the, I don't know, the moralistic element that you get in something like The Irishman or something like that. Like, you're not trying yeah, just, to... Just don't bring Rick's persona into, like, real life. It doesn't fit in here. But isn't that part of the problem with the fandom is that the, they defend this show. They f- defend someone like Rick, right, in, in that regard where they... Like you said, he's not a Walter White or, or Tony Soprano. But at the same time, what the actions that he does are not commendable they're not someone that maybe you should be rooting for in a sense or really backing i mean if you're taking the world at face value but the show's not meant to be taken on that level so like looking at it that way i think it's sort of unhelpful i mean i get what you're saying i i don't know i agree that there's like a sense in which he is of a piece with a walter white or something where he is like a i don't know an asshole anti-hero who people identify with and trying to sort of emulate his actions in real life or whatever. But, I don't know. It's not entirely the same, right? Because it's like a, it's a fucking animated show about, like, aliens and, like, I don't think it's entirely the same. But then you saying something like, and this is, like, a whole other subject, is, like, you saying something like, it's just animated? Just because it's drawn like a cartoon doesn't mean it shouldn't be taken like those shows, though. Especially with what I'm talking about, like, you know, with Solar Opposites, being this very raunchy kind of sometimes more extreme version of Rick and Morty. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't see this as like a cartoon that, you know, kids particularly should be watching either. Well, no, right? it's not a kid's show, but I mean, the fact that it's animated definitely like distances you from the violence, distances you from like the emotional connection a lot of time. And I think also the genre is different, right? It's not a drama at the end of the day. Somewhere yeah, out. it's still like, a comedy. It's, it's, so yes, it's a comedy. I, I, I so, definitely agree with you on that. You're, on and, that and, you're, and you're not meant to, and you're not meant to take things like I don't know quite as literally, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's probably plenty of characters that we idolize that you if you look at them in, in the light that I'm trying to shine on, like Rick. Right. It, it, yes, I, I I agree that I, I guess there is this fine line of um, taking it very seriously versus taking it at face value with it being a character about this damaged person that. I, I think uh, sometimes does wrong but at the end he was still very funny still very intelligent and I think brings uh, people into the show like I think you know Rick is a, a great character look if I really felt <laughs> as strongly as I did I, I probably wouldn't be watching the show but at the end of the day I'm still watching the show still very much enjoying the show and still recommending the show right I still want I think people should watch it I think it, Dan Harmon's just really been on fire the last I don't know 10 15 years with both community and then rolling that into Rick and Morty at this point, Dan Harmon right now can't do no wrong for me. Uh, creatively. I don't know about personally, but create. Yeah. yeah. But okay. Well, if uh, no one has anything else to say, I think that will conclude this week's episode. Jeff, where can people find more of your work? Uh, yeah, you can find me on my website at strangeharbors.com, And you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at strange harbors. And uh, we all have our letterboxed. So Follow all of us on Letterboxd. That's where people can find you, Amir, right? You That's it. not really and on other social media. so Not so much. Not, not, not in that, yeah. Yeah, not in that capacity. What about you, Derek? Uh, you can follow me at 
the wrong dig dig is spelled d-a-y-i-k and that's for instagram twitter and litterbox but if you liked this show please definitely subscribe wherever you get your podcasts whether it be apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher or any other major platforms uh, so one easy way to help us and to spread our podcast out to more people is to leave us a good star rating or a good rating on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts takes those reviews and, and ratings into the algorithms to kind of spread uh, podcasts out. So definitely help us out and, and give us a, a good star rating. And uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, suggestions, you can email us at jeff at com. We always like to hear from our fans and listeners. So yeah, sometimes we even read the emails on our podcast. So Feel free to shoot them our way. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, see you guys next week, everybody.